0: you're tuned into the tokyo living podcast where we help you live a healthy and enjoyable life in one of the most amazing cities in the world on this episode retired japan founder ben Chirin comes on the show to provide a ton of useful information around tax and personal finance tokyo living is proudly brought to you by club 360 changing lives through health and fitness
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Tokyo Living Podcast. Um, We're back on Zoom today as uh, I'm joined uh, uh, with my guest from Sendai. We've got uh, Ben Sheeran from uh, Retired Japan on the show. Ben, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for inviting me on. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it.
1: So, I've got you on as uh, you know, an expert in uh, sort of japan finances and and personal finances here, and uh, I think the majority of the the people that listen to the show are are people that are in Japan for I guess a mid to to sort of long term and uh, looking for ways to potentially optimize uh, their financial position and and optimize their finances. and uh, so I thought you would be the perfect person to uh, have come on and and share some of your wisdom and knowledge with us.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, though. I mean, I basically know nothing. You know, I started doing this 15 (laughs) years ago, and then I realized that there was a lot of people here that didn't understand it either, Uh, and then I made a website, and we kind of learned together. So Yeah.
1: Well, Uh, I I did want to start just by getting, I guess, a brief background on uh, your story in Japan and and how you came about doing what you're doing at the moment.
2: Yeah, well, okay. So, I came to Japan for two years um, in the year 2000.
1: Yeah, I came for three in, in <laughs>
2: 2004. <laughs> common story. Very common, I think. My my kind of completely speculative take is that the people that come for like a year or two tend to stay. And the people who are like moving here forever tend to leave mm-hmm. after six months. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All the long termers are kind of random, basically.
1: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> yep. so I came on jet, uh, did a few years on jet and then uh, transitioned to another teaching job. Uh, and then I lost my job which is what got me interested in personal finance. Because mm, mm. until then, I'd never really thought about money too much. You know, get the paycheck, spend the paycheck, have a nice time. Yep. Uh, but losing your job, that really focuses your attention a bit. For Sure. I had to tell my wife that I wouldn't have a job in three months time. And that was not a pleasant conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I, I basically decided that that wasn't going to happen again. You know, because yep. the, the reason it was stressful is it was it was my fault. I wasn't prepared. And therefore, I, I kind of made a promise to myself: in the future, should something similar happen, uh, it wouldn't be stressful, and, and we'd be okay. And actually, I lost my job last year, and it was fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so it worked. It worked out. Yeah. Well, what That's are the, the things. Story.
1: Yeah. Well, what are the things that that you felt were um, that you were not prepared for? What ways did you feel like you're unprepared?
2: Well, I mean, the the biggest one was not having any slack. So spending your entire paycheck I think is a really precarious situation. Obviously spending more than your paycheck is even worse where you're going into debt slowly over time. Yeah. But if you haven't got any money left over at the end of the month, if you're not saving, if you haven't got emergency savings, you know, you've got like a few months set aside, if you're not investing, then that's a pretty precarious situation. You're basically relying on life to continue being as it is. And in my experience, that's not a very realistic assumption.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that, yeah, a, a lot of people were hit with that in the last few years where uh, I guess most people's life didn't continue <laughs> going the way it was. And, uh, yeah, I think that's probably a bit of a pandemic Yeah, I mean, pandemic
2: is, is a perfect example, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen. So it makes sense to prepare yourself so that you're you're kind of financially resilient and you can mm. deal with problems, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then how did you sort of progress from there to, to doing what you're doing now? And you started, well, sort of yeah, writing... I mean, yes,
2: yeah, so I started trying to figure out personal finance for myself, uh, mm. and did that for a few years. And then I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was working as an English teacher in Japan, lovely guy. Um, and he was telling me about his retirement plans. Uh, and how this advisory company in Tokyo had helped him buy these products. And the more I talked to him, the more angry I got, because obviously this wasn't a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. These were very expensive products that had been sold to him by someone who was basically taking advantage of the fact that my friend didn't understand what he was doing. Uh, and I went home and made the website that day, just to <laughs> to put information out there and, and help people in Japan understand what options they have. Mm. I think that's the important thing if you understand all the options and and how they're different then you can make a decent choice but if you don't then you're going to buy the first thing that someone puts in front of you Uh, yeah that's rarely going to be uh, in your interest
1: yeah yeah And when you're uh, giving people information about this, do you sort of have like different categories or ways that you sort of break it down? Whether it's sort of investment or um, you know know, tax mitigation, not mitigation, but tax utilization and uh, uh, and and, uh, saving methods, and do you have sort of a framework with uh, how you'd sort of educate people on this stuff?
2: Well, it depends. Like, um, so the website grew very organically. Mm. So it started off as a blog, people commenting on the blog. then we made a forum where people could join and, and post their own questions and answer questions and so on. Uh, and then recently I've started doing individual coaching yep uh, and then making YouTube videos and so on. So yeah yeah uh, so the blogs are broadcast, the YouTube stuffs a broadcast. Most of the videos actually come from a question that someone asked me though. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really good to get those questions coming in and then you've got you know inspiration to make a video that is going to help at least one person right yeah
1: yeah um, um
2: and then the coaching is is completely tailored to the the person so sure whatever they need help with we'll, we'll cover that in the session yeah
1: yeah awesome well, um, I do have a few sort of questions, or at least, uh, you know, topics that I wanted to, to speak about. Um, the first one is uh, the Nenkin. Um, I think that for people um, that are living here, they're paying into the Japanese Nenkin system, but they have got plans of, of going back to their home country or another country at some stage. Uh, you know, how getting that Nenkin money out actually works and how it works uh, across different countries and, and, and also with different timeframes uh, of being in Japan. Um, I know there's a lot in that but um what are the sort of the main points of i guess uh misunderstanding or or things that people need to know about nenkin
2: yeah it's so important for people to understand this and there's so much kind of misinformation online um starting with i think the two biggest misinformation things are a uh, it's optional in some way it's not (laughs) everyone has to join and pay into nenkin um if your income's low enough you can get Special permission not to pay it. You get this menjo, which is basically an exemption from paying it, but you have to apply for that. Right. It's not automatic. Um, and the other myth, I think, is that somehow it's all vaporware uh, and it's not gonna, it's gonna disappear in the next few decades, right? Um, and that's also not true. I mean, the the Japanese pension fund is one of the biggest investment funds in the world. It's got trillions of yen in it, uh, and you know the 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 idea that the government would let the pension system disappear is is ludicrous right i mean what government would survive that so i think it's pretty safe that there will be some kind of nanking system in the future as well yeah so having got past those two how does the nanking system work (laughs) so the key thing is that um if you've paid in for 120 months for 10 years um you are entitled to get a pension from japan right And that's good because it used to be 25. So when I got here, it was 25 years. So if you'd paid in for 24 years and 11 months, you wouldn't get a pension. Right. So it's amazingly beneficial that they've lowered that limit to 10 years. Yeah. And that 10 years is also the limit for getting a refund.
1: Right. Okay.
2: So once that came in and you can get a pension after 10 years, if you're entitled to get a pension, you can't get a refund.
1: Right. Okay.
2: If you haven't paid in enough to get a pension and you leave Japan permanently, you can apply for a refund of some of your contributions.
1: Mm, okay.
2: And what that looks like is you can get five years' worth back. Right. Okay. So if you've paid in for four years, you get all your contributions back. If you've paid in for eight years, you get five years of contributions back, and three years are cancelled. So it's quite important to, to think about whether you might come back in the future. So if you've paid in nine years, for example, and there's zero chance of coming back, then yes, you should get the refund because, you know, nine years worth of, of contributions isn't worth anything. Yeah. But if there's a chance you're going to come back, those nine years are worth more than the refund amount would be.
1: Sure. Yeah. In
2: terms of qualifying for future pension. And the way the Japanese pension works is that it's paid out proportionally to how much you've paid in. Right. So, on Kokumin Nenkin, the kind of base pension, 40 years is a full pension, 40 years of contributions. So, you basically have to start when you're 20 some and, and yeah. pay until you're 60 some.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and what is there like an age limit at when you're eligible for that pension to start?
2: Yeah. The, at the Obviously, this is in flux all over yeah. the world, you know, because we've, we've got these longer lifestyles now. Um, but the base age is 65, right? So the normal pension age is 65. That's when you would get your, your pension. Uh, and if you get your pension statement every year, you can normally see either a projection of what your pension is going to be, or as you get closer, the actual amount. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you probably get the Nenkin Teikibin once a year around yeah. your birthday. You get a postcard or a letter that basically lists out your contributions. Mm-hmm. On there, you can see what your Nenkin is going to be. Yeah. Um, however, in Japan, you have the option to take it earlier. You can take it from 60. Okay. But in that case, it's going to be reduced uh, and it's never going to go up again. So if you take it early, it'll be reduced by uh, something like 30%. And okay. that's your pension for life. So that's normally not a good idea because right. obviously your pension is is kind of insurance against living for a very long time because it's mm. paid by the government for as long as you live so reducing that's not a good idea and and you can actually take it later so you can do the opposite yeah you can take it at the moment as late as starting from 75 okay at which point you get a much larger pension
1: okay that's good to know
2: mm-hmm. and if you you can afford to do that that might make sense because again Mm. you're you're insuring against living for a really long time Mm. Uh, and basically getting a pension from the government every month in cash is in some ways better than having investments especially as you get older yeah yeah you know if you're 90 and you're not really capable of managing money and dealing with the brokers online and stuff then just getting that government paycheck is probably going to be better than than having some kind of portfolio so, if yeah. you can use your savings to bridge the gap to 75, defer the pension, and then have that larger pension for the rest of your life, that might make sense for some. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, if you have sort of crossed over that 10 years, though, and, and then you do leave the country, you basically, that, that money's gone? Um...
2: Um, no, you can claim a pension. So, yep. when you get to 65 or 60, um, yep. if you want to take it early. Uh, you'd just apply for a pension normally, uh, and they would send it to a foreign bank account. Okay. So yep. it's it's actually pretty good. There's there's loads of Japanese people who choose to move overseas for retirement for lower costs, and they yeah. get their pensions paid out normally to wherever they're living. So yeah, same okay. system for, for foreign nationals. If you've paid in and qualified, just make sure you don't lose your pension number. Yep. Um, And then when you reach the appropriate age, you just do some paperwork and they'll start paying the pension out normally. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, is there anything else uh, regarding the Nanking that, um, yeah, that, that you experience people having questions with or you, know, you think that people should know?
2: Uh, well, there's not a lot of, um, but there's, there's, there's a couple of things. Like if you pay Kokumin Nenkin, for example, there's a system called Fuka Nenkin, kind of extra Nenkin, where you can pay an extra 400 yen a month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your eventual pension. We got, but mathematically, it's a great deal, and it's very easy to do. So I normally recommend people do that. So if you're right. on Kokumin Nenkin, um, you should probably look at joining Fuka Nenkin as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so and and then what would that sort of roughly equate to uh, upon retirement? The extra four hundred yen a month.
2: The extra. So you pay uh, four hundred yen a month. Yeah. And you get an extra two hundred yen a year, in retirement. Okay. And it sounds stupid because it's a tiny amount of money, but you're basically getting a 50% return on yeah. that 400 yen. It's amazing mathematically. Yeah, It's yeah. such a small amount of money. that nah. So I think it's worth doing, but it's not going to be life-changing.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: Okay. And the other thing about Nenkin is that Nenkin uh, allows you to use the Ideco system. Right. Which is the kind of self-managed investment pension. And that's actually a really good idea for a lot of people as well.
0: Top 360 is Tokyo's premier health, fitness and rehabilitation centre, offering physiotherapy, osteopathy, personal training, group fitness classes, boxing, sports massage, pilates and nutrition consultations. With two full-time locations in Moto Azubu and Higashi Azubu, as well as satellite physiotherapy practices in Chiba-Koen and Yokohama, COP360 boasts a team of high-level practitioners from all over the world, ready to take care of your injury and fitness needs and guide you on a path towards a healthier and happier life. Come visit us at COP360.jp or follow us at COP360 ripongi on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show.
1: The next question I had was uh, in regards to uh, Furusato yeah. um, which uh, I've been sort of using for the last couple of years, um, which I think um, many uh, listeners and viewers are probably a bit familiar with, but uh, for those that aren't, um, can you sort of explain briefly, I mean, basically how that works?
2: Yeah, so Furusato noze is, uh, I think, an unintended consequence. Yes. <laughs> so it started <laughs> off as an idea where people who moved to the city, say, could send some of their tax money back to their hometown so that the hometown could could benefit from those funds, basically. Mm. And then they kind of started trying to incentivize it. I think, actually, it wasn't even an incentive to start with. Probably the hometown thought, oh, that was very nice of someone to send us their tax money, so we'll give them a little present back. Mm. That's the kind of okaishi. Yeah. Um, and then it, people started trying to game it. So the towns were kind of competing with, with each other to give better and better presents so that they could get more. Because you don't have to send it to your hometown. You can send mm-hmm. the money anywhere you like in mm-hmm. Japan. Um, and so the government's gradually been cracking down on on the extent. So I think the gifts now are much less generous than the gifts were a few years ago, for example.
1: Right. Yeah. I
2: think it's, it, they, they're not allowed to pay out more than, I think, something like 30% of the value right in gifts. So how it works is you it's basically you go shopping with your tax money. Yeah. So you you go online there's lots of sites that kind of aggregate the the gift offers and so on. Uh, and you buy some gifts normally with a credit card and then at the end of the year you get a kind of receipt for that and you, you can submit it with your taxes uh, and if you meet certain criteria you can do the what's called the one-stop system where you don't really have to do any paperwork, they file your taxes for you, and you get a refund of some of your local inhabitants' tax. Right. There's a base 2,000 yen fee, so it costs you 2,000 yen, as it were, to use the system. Uh, And then basically you're going shopping with the government's money. Yeah, yep. But you're buying overpriced things. Yes. It's not market value. They're they're much below market value, but it's not your money, so it kind of works out. Everyone gets really excited about Furisato Noze. Um, especially Japanese people, in my mm. in my experience. And I think that's not really justified. Right. But for me, Furisato Noze is nice. It's not massively compelling. Uh, and there's so many other things that you could do to improve your finances. Yeah. Um, that people don't do. So they get they get I, I think it's easy to understand Furisato Noze. You can yeah. get some free meat or you know, you get free beer. Yep. But um yeah, I think I think there's quite a few things that people should be doing before that.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> if possible. Um, if people are looking to do the Fruitsatonsee, um what sort of percentage of their tax? I know there's sort of different, you know, calculators and things online, which I think you know, people it's pretty easy to find, but roughly what, what are people looking at?
2: So you're looking at your local inhabitants' taxes. Yep. Um, and if your salary is consistent from year to year, you can just look at your last year's tax return. Yep. And see how much it is. And then maybe don't, you know, be, do slightly less. Yep. As your, as your thing. Because the thing is, what you're doing is you're you're paying using your own money and then you're getting a refund. Yeah. And if you end up paying more than the available refund, you're just out of pocket. Yeah, sure. And you're buying stuff for three times the the market price. So sure. be very careful not to do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And and sorry, it's it's 10% of your inhabitants tax. Is that right? or
2: is- So local inhabitants tax is roughly 10% of your taxable income. Yep. But you really need to look at the actual numbers because your taxable income is, you know, after you do all your deductions and so on. Yep. So it's not your your gross income or even the income that you're, you know what I mean? So you really sure. need to look at those numbers. And if your income fluctuates. Yep you know, if you're a freelancer or you have bonuses or, or you're on commission or something, then it's probably worth being a bit conservative uh, and not trying to, you know, spend as much as you can on Furusato Noze just to make sure you don't go over uh, um end up paying more. Sure. Uh, one other thing about Furusato Noze is that uh, donations, so if you donate money to charity or, or to political parties and so on, that uses the same tax allowance as Furusato Noze. Okay. So That's... it's one pool uh, and, you know, you can either spend it on stuff or you can give it to charity, but okay. they're using up that same pool. So mm. just be aware of that as well. That's
1: actually, yeah, a good point, which I wasn't aware of, yeah. Is there anything else that would sort of come under that umbrella that people should be aware of?
2: I think, I mean, because I I think... Yeah, f- f- as far as I know, it's just those two um, mm. because it, it was originally the the charitable donations bucket. And then sure. basically Furusato Nose is a form of charitable donation to a local authority.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay um and i guess just a a, a tip from my end on uh, uh don't do it on the 31st of december when you're in a rush uh
2: because <laughs> you won't get the one-stop system yeah
1: well yeah but also um I, I, I last year uh my wife and i did it when we were on vacation uh back in australia so like, oh shit we're we anyway um I think I didn't sort of look at the items as carefully as I should have. And uh, we ended up getting brown rice instead of right, right, white rice, um, which I, I'm, I I like brown rice. Our kids don't. So we've got, I think, three 20 kilo bags of uh, brown rice. So you home. have to eat all of that then. Yeah, I have to eat all of that. <laughs> and then also we bought uh, a lot of um, uh, almond milk and we usually get sort of one liter um, cartons of almond milk and use it uh, ingredients. And things and uh but I didn't check the actual sizes. So we end up getting like the little 80 mil things of almond milk, which is very inconvenient if you're trying to mix it in like with eggs and things like that. So um do it well in advance and uh
2: yes, just read take the terms time. and conditions carefully. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And I think um in its five prefecture or five municipalities that you're allowed to donate to at a time uh per year, is that correct?
2: I think that- that's to qualify for the one-stop system.
1: Okay, right. So you
2: can donate to more, but at that point, you now have to do a tax return. Right. Okay. Uh, and for most people who are salaried workers, they don't normally do a tax return. The company does it for them.
1: So Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: they, they, they probably want to avoid that just in terms of, you know, an unnecessary visit to the tax office. Yeah. Although you can do it online now. It's, it's actually quite easy yeah, to do yeah. your taxes online.
1: Yeah, um, I guess the one. Yeah, I, I must have used that sort of one-stop shop, and then I know at the sort of start of the year when my accountant's doing my my tax, they just asked me to send through all the the slips that are sent out by the different uh, municipalities. Yeah.
2: Right. If, if, you've, if you're have if you doing a tax return, you won't be using the one-stop system. So right. The one-stop system is a way for the local authorities to file your taxes, and so you don't need to do a, a tax return. Okay. If you do a tax right. return, you, you submit the receipts normally. And so, yeah, you're probably not restricted to five cities if, right. if that makes a difference. Okay.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I'll need to check the uh, the site that I'm using for that. Yeah
0: elana jade is a friendly bilingual salon located in Azabu-Juban, tokyo where they provide a private and relaxing haven where guests come to escape the hustle and bustle of city life elana jade's wide range of deluxe beauty treatments of facials nails waxing massage and eyelashes will have you looking your best from head to toe receive 20 percent off your first treatment by mentioning tokyo living podcast when booking
1: what about sort of investment uh, strategies that uh, can can have um, yeah, tax implications, um, in particular things like NISA uh, and things like that? Uh, yeah,
2: super timely um, yeah. because you probably know next year we're getting a new NISA system, which is a huge improvement on the current one. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. There's also IDECO, which is um, has really good tax benefits. But before we talk about that, I, mm. I need to talk about Americans. Yes. So Uh, probably a favorite
1: topic for uh, an Australian and a Brit to talk about. So good old Americans.
2: (laughs) Ideally, Americans would understand this already, but they don't. I don't know why no one tells them. But basically, U.S. citizens, um, because of U.S. tax laws, are really limited in what they can do in Japan. Mm. So mainly in the form of investments. So it's very hard to invest in Japan if you're a U.S. citizen. By far, the easiest thing to do is just to invest with a, an American company. So wow. invest in the U.S. if you have an account already. If you don't have an account already, there's a company called Interactive Brokers Japan. Yep. Um, so they were spun off from Interactive Interactive Brokers used to operate in Japan without being registered in Japan. Um, okay. But the government gave them a slap last year, I think. And now they are. they have a separate company that works in Japan. But that's a good option for Americans. Anything else we talk about? So any any of these accounts, the the NISA accounts, the IDECO accounts, buying stuff with Japanese brokers, is it, really hard. Um, we've got a page on the website if people want to look into that. But yeah, just wanted okay. to say that because whenever I talk about stuff, I get people shouting at me because they can't use it. And right. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to get ahead of that. this time. Sure.
1: Um, but that only applies only applies to Americans. Uh, it's only Americans. Citizens of other countries. Um, yeah.
2: and the reason is because America taxes people worldwide based on their nationality and pretty much every other country taxes people who live in that country and not people that don't live in that country Uh, and by by taxing people worldwide you create all these problems because you've got overlapping taxation
1: yeah sure
2: so Mm. so everyone who's not American you've got these great options in Japan (laughs) yeah um yeah they really are um I talk to people in Europe uh, and they're so jealous of what we have access to here yeah. Japan is a really great place to be an individual investor because it's very easy. There's no paperwork. Even in a taxable account, the broker will do all your taxes for you. There's nothing to report. There's, not, there's no paperwork to fill out. It's really very nice. Mm, mm. Tax-wise, um, you've got these two big tax-exempt accounts. So you've got Ideco, which is a retirement account. You can't access it before you're 60. So your money's locked away. But in exchange for that, you get to reduce your taxable income. Right. So you're reducing your income tax, your local inhabitants tax, probably your uh, health insurance and your pension, Mm. which is great. Yeah. So if you're willing to put that money away until you're 60, you get all these benefits now. Uh, Yeah. And that's really nice. So that, that, Anyone who's paying into Nenkin pretty much can use that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how much you get depends on what kind of Nenkin you're paying. Right. So currently, if you're a public servant or a teacher or a doctor or someone who's in a cure site, uh, you can only pay in 12,000 yen a month. Okay. Into Ideko. And the the reasoning there is, you know, these are the people that have the best jobs and and pensions, so they don't need this additional stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then normal salaried workers, people who pay kōsei nenkin, but are not in a cure site, they get twenty-three thousand yen a month. And then people paying kokumin nenkin, so freelancers and self-employed people, they get sixty-eight thousand yen a month mm. that they can put into IDECO. Okay, and that reduces their taxable income by like seven hundred, hundred and what is it, sixty odd thousand yen a year. Yeah, which is huge, right? And that's your marginal tax rate that you're saving there so it can make a really big difference
1: yeah for sure so that's the
2: first option and then the second option is nisa yeah and nisa is an investment account uh, and the government made it to try to encourage people to like stop hiding money in their closet uh, and put it in the stock market instead yeah and how nisa works is you can put in a certain amount of money there's no real tax advantage when you put the money in but any dividends uh, and any capital gains are not taxed. Right. So normally in Japan dividends and capital gains are taxed at a flat rate of 20.315%. Yep. But in a NISA account there's no tax. Mm-hmm. So if you you know you have a really good stock market pick and you you triple your money there's no tax to pay at all.
1: Yeah, regardless so. of how much uh, you, you pay. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So it's a, I mean, there is no reason not to use NISA. Either Mm. or maybe, you know, maybe you don't want to tie your money up. You know, maybe you're not sure if you're going to be here in the long term. That's fine. But NISA, if you're going to invest anyway, you should invest in NISA because why pay tax if you don't need to?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And how hard is it to sort of set up the NISA accounts? um, And
2: So the big hurdle for most people is the application. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yep. um, so basically, Japanese stockbrokers, uh, all of them operate in Japanese. I don't know any that have English interfaces or English applications. So you have to go through the application process in Japanese. Yep. Um, and they're getting much less restrictive. I mean, they used to like give you a little test. They'd call you up and see if your <laughs> Japanese seemed good enough on the phone. Okay. Um, but recently, that that's not happening as much. Right. Uh, So now it's basically you do an online application uh, and then provided your name fits in the right boxes. It's very easy. If your name doesn't fit in the right boxes, there's a bit more back and forth. Yeah. And then for a a taxable account, it's going to be less than a week to open an account. Mm -hmm. Uh, For NISA, it takes about a month maybe. And Ideco takes a long time because they have to go through the Nanking office. There's a lot of um, bureaucracy involved. It takes between two and three months at the moment to open yeah. an IDECO account. Yeah. And yeah. you can do all three with the same application. So you apply okay. to a broker. Uh, and normally I'd recommend using one of the online brokers. Yeah. So general, I mean, you can go through your bank, but they're going to have higher fees and they're not going to have the same range of products. Uh, And banks tend to like call you up and try and sell you stuff. Right. Whereas a broker doesn't care. That's not their business model. Their business model is to provide cheap services to millions of people. So yeah, they're not trying to sell stuff. Yeah. Um, So yeah, use an online broker. And then with the one application, you can apply for a taxable account and a NISA account and an IDECO account all at the same time. So it's pretty easy.
1: And what are some of the the common online brokers that um yeah you see foreigners using and
2: Yeah so you've got Rack10 Securities yeah part of the Rakten group but they they're, they're going to spin it off so people are worried about the you know the the future of the Rakten group um this this is the only profitable part of that conglomerate right Rakten Securities so I think it's fine Yeah um there's also so SBI okay SBI Securities and Monix Securities and then there's uh, Matsui security so those are the four big ones really yep okay and they're all very very similar so there's a lot of competition um they match each other's fees and so on so the the fees have been coming down ever since Mm. i've been using them Um, and there's no i I couldn't really tell you that one was better (laughs) than the other Mm. except if you're in the rack 10 points ecosystem already right it might make sense to to do that because you'll get whatever you know your spus or whatever they're called Sure, sure. Okay, and mm. then Shinsei Bank. Lots of people use Shinsei because they they have English language support, um, and Shinsei is linked with Monex.
1: Okay, right. Well, that's good to know. Um, any other sort of advice on on those sort of uh, NISA and Yideko?
2: Um, in terms of investing in them. Yep. Um, so one thing that Japan has is that. Mutual funds in Japan are allowed to reinvest the dividends internally. Right. So that's the the main difference between buying a mutual fund, say, and buying an ETF. Yep. So an ETF will pay the dividends out. So every every quarter or every few months, you'll get your dividends. Uh, They'll either be taxed or not. So if they're in a NISA account, they wouldn't be taxed. If they're in a taxable account, you'd pay 20% tax on the dividend. And then you could spend it or reinvest it. But Mm. a mutual fund can just reinvest the dividend by themselves. It's not paid out. There's no tax due. uh, And the fund just grows larger. So all things being equal, it's probably better to use a a mutual fund and reinvest Mm. the dividends because you'll grow more over time. You'll pay less in tax.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Uh, And actually in IDECO and in parts of NISA, you can only use mutual funds.
1: Mm. Okay. That's great.
2: and then it's the usual you know start slow like do not like rush in and and invest all your savings because you know because then you you screw it up and you you panic and you sell and then you never invest again and that's yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. so start really slowly there's no rush at all buy some things see how they perform see how you feel because it's all about how you you deal with the movements and and so on Uh, and the more you learn then you you can ramp it up over time
1: yeah yeah um just in terms of the uh the tax on uh capital gains um that doesn't apply to cryptocurrency is that correct uh cryptocurrency yes we're different
2: (laughs) so cryptocurrency at the moment is considered the same as currency trading so fx trading right so you uh, and that is classified as miscellaneous income mm. so it's basically added to your income and then you pay income tax
1: right yeah. so
2: if you're that that the income tax gets pretty high quite quickly so mm. um many people are hoping that japan will reclassify crypto so that it's treated as an investment with a capital gain rather than miscellaneous income right but then you'd pay the flat 20 percent.
1: Sure. Yeah, OK.
2: But yeah, at the moment, it's, it's basically miscellaneous income. So you want to probably manage that so that you're not going into the, the highest tax brackets. Yeah, sure. And the problem, the other problem with that is that it also it's going to determine your health insurance and your pension, mm. all the other things that are based on your income. So Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Do you suffer lower back pain while sitting in the office or during long haul travel? The Lumberjacket may be just the solution you're looking for. This revolutionary product features a built-in inflatable and height-adjustable lower back support, concealed within a fashionable and comfortable garment. Perfect for work and travel. Visit Lumberjacket.com for more details, or simply search Lumberjacket on Amazon.
1: What else, Uh, any other sort of uh, tips that uh, you have for people managing their finance?
2: Well, the thing is, like, I think there's, there's different groups of people. Yeah. So there's people that haven't given any thought to this stuff yet. Mm. And generally, we find that they come and find retired Japan when they're in their 30s or 40s. Yep. You know, you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm an adult now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've got people who have done this elsewhere, but they don't understand how Japan works. Yeah. And for those kinds of people, then I'd, I'd just say, come to the forum and, and ask questions or yeah. you know, maybe watch some of our youtube videos yeah yeah uh and then you've got people who you know have everything sorted but they want kind of more information yeah um but it's it's very simple you know people have this idea that um investing is complicated yep yeah. uh, uh, and i think there's a lot of people who make money from making people believe that it's complicated <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely. um the whole industry basically it's like hey it's really hard we'll do it for you you just pay us you know there's a tiny 1%
1: fee.
2: Mm. 1% fee is enormous by the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um so it's it's just super simple. Um but mainly it's getting started and it's continuing. So mm. it's it's I'm sure it's incredibly similar to health and physical fitness, you know. It's like it's not rocket science, it's just do something sensible for a really long time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and just do it every day or every month, continue doing it and you'll get the the benefits. So terrific it's kind of ironic because i found the money stuff came quite easily once i started focusing on it but i really struggle with consistency in uh training and and health really (laughs) yeah and it it should it should just transfer right it's the same skill set but no somehow
1: not necessarily (laughs) a lot a lot of people have those same sort of challenges for sure yeah well Ben thank you very much for, for coming on today. Um you've you mentioned uh, the YouTube videos uh that you do and uh and the website. I don't think you've mentioned the podcast. Um uh, we'll obviously put uh, links to all those in our show notes but for people that um you know <laughs> can't be bothered looking at the show notes um what are what are the, the links to those sites um what, what's your website and how do people find you on YouTube and podcasts?
2: Oh okay so if you just look for Retire Japan yep everywhere you're Find it so retiredjapan.com is the website, retired Japan on YouTube, uh, retired Japan on your favorite podcasting platform.
1: So. Yep, fantastic. Well, um, I've uh, learned a lot um, just from that episode. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, yeah, putting some of those strategies in place. And um, I'm sure that uh, the listeners and viewers have done so also. So uh, many thanks for your time today. And um,
2: yeah, perhaps we'll uh, we'll get you on uh, back on the show again uh, sometime in the future. Definitely. Once the new NISA starts, actually, uh, it might be a good time to go over how, how that works for people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good
2: awesome thanks very much all right thank you ben uh, yeah
1: have a great rest of the day you too cheers
0: thank you for listening to the tokyo living podcast if you enjoy the content we would love for you to rate review and subscribe on itunes spotify or wherever you'd like to enjoy your podcast we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode have a healthy and active week